The Film Crickets are intended for mature audiences. Any guests on the Film Crickets do not necessarily share the same opinions as the Film Crickets. It's time for the Film Crickets with Jay Fortier, Chris Martineau, and Melanie Howerton. On this week's episode, Jay, Chris, and Melanie show their Christmas spirit by reviewing the 2003 American Christmas comedy film, Elf. First we'll make snow angels for two hours, and then we'll go ice skating, and then we'll eat a whole roll of Toll House cookie dough as fast as we can, and then, to finish, we'll snuggle. Does it stand the test of time? Let's find out your Film Crickets are on now. We'll build gingerbread houses, and we'll eat uh, sugar plums, and we'll mm-hmm. paint eggs. Yep. We'll paint eggs. God. That's Easter. Yes, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> good point. Welcome, everybody, to the Film Crickets. My name is Jay Fortier. I'm along with my good friend and co-host, Chris Martineau. Hello. Good evening. Hey. Hey. Well, somebody could be listening in the morning. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> it's evening somewhere, to quote R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. That's when I listen in the morning. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Well, also with my good friend and co-host, Melanie Harton. How are you, Melanie? I'm doing good. How are you? All right. We are ready for Christmas because we are going to do Elf. I know Chris is like, huh? We are recording this show. We were recording this show earlier in November. Uh, yeah. Like the, the weekend of uh, Veterans Day. But I will, t- I yeah. will tell you this. I was talking to somebody yesterday and um, right on cue. Uh, some of the local uh, radio stations are starting their Christmas rotation, 24-hour Christmas song rotation, this weekend, which is oh, wow. an abomination. <clears throat> Absolute yeah. abomination. No, I don't say, get that. It goes by too quickly, and it takes forever to yeah. prepare for it. You might as well enjoy it while you're doing it, because then all of a sudden it's over in like five seconds. So wait a minute, you're on board with Christmas songs on November the 12th? Okay, my kids will scream at me because I'll start playing them around Halloween. Oh, you got, really? Okay, that's fine. Whatever, whatever brings you joy is fine. I just I don't do get it. it takes right now. <laughs> that's fine. That's all good. I don't get it, but all right. It's one of the, I'm one of those old curmudgeon people like, I just guess earlier every year. Back when I worked at the mall, quick, so I know we're going to get to the movie, but back when I worked at a mall uh, in North Attleboro, uh, they I had. There. Oh my God! I worked there. I worked at Sears and I worked at a coffee place and I worked at Red Sox Clubhouse and oh blah blah God. blah. And Lint, yep. And Lint chocolate, and I was there a lot. So anyway, brought to you by Lint chocolate and. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's as you know, it's an oval, and they would have uh, they let children trick or treat in the mall. It's a safe place to do it, right? And I would uh, I'd dress up, you know, wear a whole mask, and they'd hand out chocolate and whatnot. And I remember one year. And I get it. You got to start advertising soon. Yeah. But the children were trick or treating underneath the Christmas decorations. That is. Strange. And I it felt wrong. That's, like just wait wrong. a day. Wait a day. Yeah. It's a day. Yeah. One day. You gotta wait what the hell? to put anything out. <laughs> Gonna wait a day. Yeah. Sorry, Seinfeld is... had the biggest. Sorry. All right. Yeah. Malls of the mall. <laughs> so. Oh boy. So anyway, so look, so we're getting into it and we're, we're talking holiday movies. Um, and we, and we chose elf this year, this year, uh, this week to, to, uh, to review and see whether or not it holds up. It is after the, the, the cutoff date. It is 2003, but, uh, we're going with it. Good to kick off, kind of get into the, I guess the early spirit as it were, even though Melanie seems to celebrate it right around Arbor day. Um, apparently, uh, but anyway, I'm just teasing. So, hey, what's your history with this movie? I, I can tell you exactly what mine is with this movie. Do you own it? Did you have it? When was the first time you saw it? Did you see it in theaters? What's the deal? Um, so let's go with Jay. What's your what's your history with Elf? 
Um, I saw it in the theater. Okay. And it was one of those movies that I wasn't ready to love it yet because like you know what i mean like like it, it wasn't no. an instant love <laughs> okay all right but, i didn't know what that I meant i wasn't right. ready i wasn't ready for what i was seeing so i didn't instantly like i, I was like yeah it was good i not sure how i feel yet like you know okay. like, it was over like i just i don't know um and it was one of those things that i we i, we ended, I don't know if we got it right away or whatever like either way saw it like a bunch of times on video mm-hmm. and loved it um then like so like it grew on me quickly it just it was one of those i just didn't know what i was you know like you you expect some things and then all of a sudden you're like well this is not quite what i thought was, then, was yeah. everybody that you talked to just going on and on about it I don't know, and you just, were expecting we more trailer. i think it was the trailer that got me excited so i was ready okay. for it like i was ready to watch it but I, um, i'm not wording it properly but what i'm saying is when I saw it, I just didn't, I, I didn't, it wasn't an instant fall in love. And then all of a sudden I, you know, after that, I fell in love with the movie and I loved it. Okay. Super. Many years, I own it and it's great. And that, and that behind and me, it's not very clear, but that's Buddy the Elf wrapping paper on the wall. <laughs> oh my God. Will Farrell needs your money. Uh, I guess. Well, it was a dollar store special. So I didn't no, know. I know. Well, still. <laughs> all right. Super. Um, Melanie, what's your deal? What's your deal with Elf? I don't remember when I saw it as usual. Um, okay. <laughs> But I I own it. I've owned it for a long time, and I and I remember loving it instantly. Okay, that's cool. Uh, when you I know that you own it. I know that they will often have elf marathons, just like Christmas story marathons. Yeah. Uh-huh. Is that something you put on in the background where things are going down? Because you can really pick up this movie wherever. Yeah, I it mean, doesn't if matter. I, if I see it on. I'll probably stop at it. I don't see honestly this one on as much as. Other movies that I constantly see on TV, like The Fugitive and all that. Okay. Stuff that is just always on TV, uh, Forrest Gump, you know, whatever. Um, Okay. But no, like if I see it, I'll put it on. But it's usually, I don't really usually watch it until I'm sticking the DVD in. Okay. That's cool. Um, I'll do it, you know, because I have a set of like different Christmas movies and a few sets and it's in one of them. Okay. All right. Uh, I do know this year, uh, Jason, they're playing, they're doing a revisit of this at the Alamo Draft House. Nice. I remember the Alamo. So uh, I'm going to see White Christmas at the Alamo. That's going to be a hit. White Christmas. Nothing like White Christmas, Bing Crosby, 1954, like on the big screen. It's one of my, I mean, it is absolutely, that does not age well. That's one of those movies like, hey, little lady, don't get all worked up. Why don't you make me a sandwich and you'll calm down. Like one of those things. Wait. But the rest of it, the, the the theme of the movie is about helping out an old man from World War II. It's more about that than man. We got to get married. Uh, that's like oh, gotcha. we got to get married and have nine kids. Like it's it's really dated in that regard. But it's a sweet movie. Uh, other than that, but that's going to be the Alamo. Alamo. Hold on. Anyhow, I remember if I've seen that. It's really you should see it. It's good. Chris. It's cute. Yeah. Um, that movie uh, holds up quite nicely compared to holiday Inn. oh sure oh yes yes <laughs> oh yes it does yeah it's a little yes wow. agreed yeah holiday Inn has been yeah. and fred astaire putting on blackface and yeah oh my god doing yeah. it in a manner like hey you know what we should do we should do a blackface version of this like and they were well, thinking, like wouldn't that be cool and they thought yeah. it was like they, Good they idea. really thought it was like a great idea and it was like mm. wow, this is so why terrible. is that in a mm. christmas movie that's so weird oh holiday inn was it was a it was a it's a bed and breakfast where 
every night that you stay is a different holiday. Oh. So it's not a Christmas movie, but they, the Christmas part of it, it's the first time you ever hear White Christmas as a song. Oh, I think it's been, it's been in three different movies, bef- uh, and I know Holiday Inn was before White Christmas. But anyway, hey, let me, let me talk about Elf. So look, Elf, here's the deal. It comes out. I never saw it in the theater. I had no desire to see it in the theater. Don't know why. Just didn't. Didn't hear a lot about it. So if it came out in 2003, I imagine it came out in video in 2004-ish. That'd be my guess, okay? Because I know I only saw it on video the first time. The reason I saw it on video is because I was teaching. Well, I still was. I still am teaching, but it was my a few years in, and in two thousand and three, where I was teaching, two thousand three. So I saw it on video. Must have been two thousand four. I'd never seen it. I was teaching, and the, the that was the day before Christmas break. And back in the day, the administration where I taught didn't really care what you did the day before Christmas break. You just turned like. We're going to have parties all day and you can watch Christmas movies. And that's just a complete fucking waste of time. So um, I give now I give tests the day before holiday break. Because screw you guys. You're about to have go on vacation. You don't oh need that vacation before vacation. Oh, no. <laughs> Absolutely. I do labs. I give tests. I'm like, no, we're doing. No, I'm here. I'm working. You're working. Let's go. Because you know what? It just makes the day easier rather than we're all just doing whatever. So I remember that I didn't. Now, that was the day before. And I'm still a young teacher and I had to teach a guy that worked with me. And I'm like, what I got, what am I going to do? Like the whole day? Like, I don't, how am I going to do this? This I got to fill some time. And he said, let's go down to Hollywood video and let's go buy elf. Cause he said, it's awesome. I'm like, okay. So on my prep, we drove down the Hollywood video. I bought a video cassette of elf. I brought it back. Never seen it before and played it. Some of my students had seen it, but some of them hadn't. And I'm like, this is, really really funny and it, yeah. and it subverts a lot of the things that i i wasn't expect i knew will ferrell and i knew his shtick you know it's not so su- like will ferrell's deal in this is not surprising he's just doing what will ferrell does um but i did not expect it in this context i didn't know about the rank and bass connection i didn't know that uh what's his name's in it um bob newhart's in it and as like i didn't know any of these people were in it james and Conn. i was james Kahn. i don't know i don't know anything about the movie so we watched it and I really liked it. And honestly, I didn't put it in high rotation. If it's on, on TV, I'll, I'll watch it. And then I finally sat down and watched it for the first time front to back, uh, since about 2004, that'd be my guess. Um, so that's my history with elf and hopefully you all had the same history with elf, but let's get into the movie. Uh, so we're talking about elf today. It is, um, came out in 2003 It's rated PG PG, uh, comes in in a, a brisk hour and 37 minutes. And the tagline is. Raised as an oversized elf, Buddy travels from the North Pole to New York City to meet his biological father, Walter Hobbs, who doesn't know he exists and is in desperate need of some crispest spirit. I don't know if he's in desperate need of that. Directed by Jean Favreau, written by uh, David Berenbaum, starring Will Ferrell, James Kahn, Bob Newhart, Zoe Deschanel, Ed Asner, Mary Steenburgen, Faison Love, Peter Dinklage, Amy Sedaris, uh, and, a, and a, oh, and Andy Richter. Oh, and Kyle Gass from Tenacious D. I forgot he was in this movie. Um, so anyhow, so that's uh, so that's Elf, and uh, and let's get into what we want to talk about this movie. Will Ferrell's great in this movie, yeah, obviously. And the the reason I think this movie is so entertaining, I'm not going to talk about it holding up. The reason it's so entertaining is it harkens back to the holiday specials that we used to watch. It has that opening where it obviously looks like Rudolph the Red-Nosed yeah, Reindeer. They crib from a, 
exactly right and they cribs from so much of that down to the snowman mm -hmm. down to the sets down the to the fact that they make toys yeah right even the toys even some of the toys yeah right and the, and they're making all those toys so so the reason i feel as though it speaks to us is because it has that flavor to it but then you add will ferrell subverting the whole thing he's he's the, obviously a fish out of water in more ways than one he's not even an elf though he thinks he is yeah and what it's doing is it's taking a holiday genre and it's putting a bit of an edge to it by putting will a putting will ferrell in it so that he can is it feral or am i saying this wrong is it feral feral it's feral okay like like a cat like a cat okay. i was thinking so, the same Liz, thing yeah so 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 he's in it he's like subverting the idea he is he's a fish out of water he is bringing the idealism of the north pole to new york city so rather than like in the santa claus where we take tim allen and bring him to the north pole we're taking the north pole and bringing it into the real world much like yeah. uh the like the brady bunch yeah. we're taking the brady bunch and we're bringing it into the real world and seeing what happens mm -hmm. and i think it's that mixture of innocence but the fact that they're circuit that they're 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 undermining the genre a little bit by making us examine how silly or how how over the top cute these these holiday movies of the past i'm talking rankin bass and rudolph and all those stuff like yeah like they're picking on it but they're doing it in a way that it makes it even better well i think it's also a story about like uh a son trying to find his dad so it's kind of, it's just it's a little bit different i don't know it's, okay. it's it makes you feel at home because of all the rudolph stuff and all the, yep. the different things even like there's there's parts in there that look like it could be from a, it's a wonderful life like there's little parts of different things that we kind of grew up with different different Christmas movies that we grew up with. So it makes you feel comfortable right away, but it also mm -hmm. has like a majorly huge sarcastic comedy with it. Um, yes. And then it's, it's really a story of a, of a son trying to, that doesn't feel like he's in his, you know, that doesn't fit in anywhere and he's trying to find a family. So right. I don't know. And so how to answer yes. that exactly. Uh, but. <laughs> no, I love the, no, but like the, it's a huge contrast between you know what you the north pole with like everything's cartoonish and, and mm -hmm. wonderful and sugar plums and everything mm -hmm. the way he speaks he speaks in that manner right um, it reminds so me of the barbie movie <laughs> now that you're saying the way you guys are saying that right oh, like, no. everything in the barbie movie is like all perfect and whatever and then the, the barbie people come right. to the real world and they're like what the hell <laughs> right right but like you know i mean and like my favorite one of my favorite moments is when he goes you did it congratulations yeah. world's best cup of coffee yeah <laughs> what the the best is the faces on the people that run the, the restaurant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They are so deadpan angry. <laughs> like, yeah. Who, the hell who is this lunatic? Right. Yeah. yeah. And it's crazy. Genius. Everybody thinks like, it's crazy. It, it, that makes it great. And you got Zoe Deschanel, um, who is also very kind of like, hmm. you know, like, like, by the way, she, you know, sort of acts like, but she also gets him a little bit. Like, it takes a minute. Mm -hmm. But she sort of figures him out. But, like, you know, she also has the New York, you know, leave me alone, you know, type of... Is it, uh, is it, it's a little bit New York and it's a little bit, who knows how many, she's in retail, so how many, who knows how many Christmases she's actually done, and it's just kind of like over the whole thing. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm, I'm putting on this ridiculous costume, 
and I have to, you know, take orders from Faison Love, who is wondering about how much ribbon I'm actually using, like it matters, because he's worried about losing his job. <laughs> and, it's, and it's so cutthroat, these retail managers, you know, these jobs, you really got to step on the people underneath you to get these high paying uh, management jobs in a department store uh, in the toy section. Um, so it's like, okay, calm down. So I think it's a, it's, it's that vibe of everything in New York. Like they're so, it's so great, but they're so over it. Well, also, you know, you know, I mean, if her, if her water is being shut off and, and, and stuff like that, life itself is creeping in mm -hmm. of like, why would I be happy? I just want to get through the holidays. You know what I mean? Like, right. oh, she's alone. You can tell she's living yeah. alone anyway. Um, yeah. so add all those things together and, you know, I can see how somebody would not be so cheerful. So he's, so, so Buddy comes in as a spark of joy to basically everybody and except for James Conn, because everybody kind of immediately takes a shine to him except for phase on love because, and there's a reason because he tells Santa that he's sitting on a throne of lies and um, he, he, uh, when, when, when Buddy decorates the toy department, he thinks that someone from corporate is going after, coming after his job because he doesn't do a very good job. So besides him and James Conn's actual father, um, he seems to be a, a spark of joy for anybody. And, and that's what we got to talk about is Buddy the Elf as a person. He's, how old is he? he? He's six? Like, how old is he acting? If you had to put an age on his age, yeah. is he six, seven? Uh, yeah, maybe seven. Right, because he is going from topic to topic. He's like, hey, I've seen it. You know what? I saw a dog today. And then he goes, that which is the best moment, because he has nothing. Or um, when he's getting examined by the doctor, yeah. the, the free associating, he's saying like, hey, that's shiny. Oh, my God, that's cold. What is that? Where are we at? Where are we right now? And eating just the keep cotton balls. Yeah, eating the cotton balls. Like, he's just so amazed by everything. And But he's not even amazed. He's amazed like he's a six or a seven-year-old. He reminds me of, and, and I'm sure that, I don't know if you guys had it, but my son was classic for it, and I love him the pieces. And I and I know it's coming from a place of goodness, which is what basically all Buddy does. It's all coming from a place of goodness. He doesn't have a scheming bone in his body, yeah. which is the exact opposite of New York City, seemingly, as a character in the movie, that we're all trying to get up on somebody. But he doesn't have a scheming bone in his body. And it's coming from a place of innocence, but my son was classic for us driving around and every sentence had to start with, Hey dad, Hey dad, you know what? Oh, and like, you only have so much patience for that until eventually you have to say, please don't start every sentence with, Hey dad, please. <laughs> and it's not coming out of a bad place. You just don't want to hear every sentence start with, Hey dad, but that's all he's got. And, and you know, as you get older, you realize there's other ways to start a sentence. And so it's, it's hard to be patient in that moment. And that's what everybody's doing with buddy. He can't, or at least James Kahn, everybody else can take it. Not James Conn. He can't take the, like, you know what? You know what? You know what? It's like, oh, my God, just say it. Like, what is it? What? We're going to have syrup, and we're going to eat a tube of Toll House cookie dough, and then we're going to snuggle, and then we're going to skate, and then we're going to, okay, like, one thing at a time. Like, we can't handle it, and that's the part that I think it's hard to be mad at Buddy as an audience. You're not supposed to be, and I think it's done very well, because how do you get mad at a six-year-old? Yeah. Now, why is he acting like a six-year-old is the question, because... He's raised with the elves, and no elf acts like he acts. Because they treat right? him like a little kid. They do baby him. Uh, okay. Which is strange. Have they never raised elves? 
maybe he was just uh, naturally that um, excited about everything. I know. And yeah. They also. This is how they handled him by treating him like the child that he acts. And okay. you know, they've never raised a human before, right? Right. They, they, so they're just doing what they, they think they can do. Like, that's why they're like, hey, if he hasn't figured out he's a human by now. Like, you know, it's like, yeah. well, they also shouldn't. I, I want to go back to the, uh, the North Pole for a second. When he sure. is um, saying stuff like, um, you know, like I'm sorry, I I, I can't uh, make as many etch a sketches as everyone else. And he's like, yeah. I did 87 or whatever it was. I mm -hmm. did 87. And he's like, Ooh, it gets, that's 900 and something off the pace. Yeah. And it's yeah. like nobody should be shocked because they also know that he's human. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Don't put the same standard on him. Just like it's cool, man. Like don't worry about I it. Like, I, you know, it um, I almost got the idea that like humans age much slowly compared to i mean or, or or elves age much slowly or something because he said he 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 kind of acted like the other children and mm -hmm. so when he was in a classroom as big as he was in an adult size to us right he was with the children elves in classrooms mm -hmm. learning so right. they treated him Treat like a child so like there he was like a child you know what i mean mm -hmm. so maybe like kindergarten for that for for an elf is like 20 years long maybe <laughs> because of the way they age because it's magical land yeah how great is it that the moment that that will ferrell leaves the north pole out of the magical land the first thing that happens he gets bitten by a wild animal to me they don't even waste any time like the moment he crosses the threshold the first thing that happens is he gets bitten by a wild animal i like i was in on that when i first saw the movie that's when i was in i'm like oh this is the this is the greatest moment they don't even warm up to it like a millisecond in he's being attacked <clears throat> And I do want to mention that is uh, Peter Billingsley. Um, yes. Yes. Is, um, I have that the in there. Board, which is awesome. Yeah. Um, I just think that's great. Yeah. Ralphie from uh, Christmas Story. But mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I, have, I have been. His name is I Ming have been Ming. to the Ming Ming. I have been to the Christmas Story house. Nice. Have you really? It's, I have. It was in Cleveland. And it's literally in a neighborhood. Um, Melanie and, and Jason, you know, Winsocket. Yeah. Um, so Winsocket is a very, um, it's, it's seen better days. It's very blue collar, or at least it was. Um, there's a lot of like, ro like um, uh, old, very old apartment buildings that look like they should be falling down and, and very, very old neighborhoods. Not saying anything bad about them. Yeah. And if you go to the, some of those when I was, uh, yeah, if you I go to the Christmas apartments, yeah, if you go to the Christmas story house, you're literally going through a neighborhood that looks like downtown Woonsocket, then then you take a right and then there's the christmas story house oh my god wow. literally like it's not it's just a house mm -hmm. i mean they they make it look nice and whatnot it was falling down i think they renovated it but yeah. i didn't go in but it was neat anyhow yep. so so the point here is that we have this this fish out of water story he's obviously acting young um but then you have will ferrell absolutely just nailing because he he doesn't he commits to everything, no matter what. I mean, old school, and he's naked and sunburned, saying, "We can't give up. We've come to, we've come this far." Like he obviously will do anything, and is not shy about it at all. Um, and I, I appreciate that about him. I, I think that um, I would say him getting bitten by the wild animal right out of the gate, and then him tackling the Christmas tree are possibly the two most unexpected funny moments. I think I kind of knew he was going to jump on the Christmas tree and I saw it coming, but 
boy, it was timed well. And that is just, I mean, that's so good. I like how the kid does nothing. Yeah. Doesn't even barely turn around. Turns around yep. like after he's already on the ground, like with the, yep. with the tree falling. He doesn't even, he's not even phased. It's great. Yep. So, so that's neat. So, so here comes James Conn. Now we got to, we got to investigate James Conn, who is the anti-buddy at this point, right? At least in the movie. He's just a, he's a business guy. I don't know that he's necessarily evil. I think they set up, he could be misconstrued as a, I don't think he's a Scrooge. I think he's just doing his job. He takes well, it very seriously. Yeah. But, but is, is also, he a Scrooge? Well, he was taking all the children's books back from the nuns. <laughs> That's true. I forgot about that. Yeah. Okay. I got to talk about that for a quick second. I, Last night was the first time I watched it with those specific eyes, meaning like, you know, like we were like, hey, look at that. Like how, what, like what, you know, our, you know, critical eye, I guess. If you yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh, and I said, so the editor is now in collections as well. Yeah. <laughs> like, taking like he's the one that has to face the public saying, yeah, you missed your payments. <laughs> you know, yeah, sorry. And they show yeah, a nun. The most, what? That didn't make any sense to me either because right. he's in right. marketing. So what is he? What is he right. doing? Right. Taking first of all, what's he doing with the donation book thing? And what is he doing taking money, the books back from the nuns because she missed payment? Oh, like, that has nothing to do yeah, with marketing. Yeah, they made the most frail, like tiny woman. You're taking the books back. Yeah, I know. I see what you're doing there, but uh, you're the one that missed the payments. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I guess, I guess he's Scrooge-esque, but... And he doesn't I, care I, if the children's books are missing pages. <laughs> yeah. How much it's going to cost? No, just run it. Okay, so I just want to talk about James Conn a little bit for a minute. Remember how we did Misery? Yes. And his James Conn, the way he acts and his personality and literally everything about yep. him? He seems to always play the same exact role. Yes. And I've seen that with people like in, except for, you know, when Alec Baldwin was on, um, you know, uh, Saturday Night Live, mm -hmm. minus that, in his movies, he always kind of played the same person yes. in a way. And I feel like James Conn does the same thing. It's like the same person. Yep. He looks like you could take him out of the misery movie after he's already healed and stick him in Elf. Yes. <laughs> like it's. I, I, the same guy. I agree. I think they. I think famously, uh, James Conn is not a nice guy. He's not real pleasant to well, work with. He's dead. Um, yeah. yeah, it was not. He passed. <laughs> but I also know, and, I, and, I, and let me know if I'm stepping on your trivia here, is that no, Will Ferrell, knowing. Oh, I have oh yeah. Uh, do you want me to? Um, you want to do it? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. No, you can go ahead. Um, I know that on on purpose on set, Will Ferrell would either stay in the elf character. Or just like on purpose, try to annoy the shit out of James Khan, and just always be like, just being Will Ferrell in front of James Khan, who is not—he's not, not going to suffer fools gladly because he's already kind of not a nice guy, and he would just get him angrier and angrier. And John Favreau said, "Go with that." So when you get it on the tape, and he's pissed off at Buddy because I think Will Ferrell would just improvise and ruin a scene, and James Khan would be like, "Why are you doing this?" Until eventually yeah. the scene would come out and he's aggravated and that's not made up. He's mad. Yeah. <laughs> like, and he, there's no acting there. He's done. And I, good for Favreau for letting Feral and good for Favreau for having the, the balls to mess around with, you know, Godfather James Khan, um, knowing he's not a nice guy. He just does, he's not going to back down from that, which good for you. Knowing the scene you're going to get out of it is, is masterful. Melanie, I, I, you want to say something? Just like in the same thing with Misery, though, because mm -hmm. everyone like 
he they they said that like oh he was going to be so aggravated playing this role because he had to stay still and he had to be in this cast and he couldn't really like it just seems like it doesn't take that much to aggravate yeah. him anyway. Yeah, yeah they, they <laughs> you know really I mean? nailed the casting on that. Like they they really yeah. You know, he was couldn't perfect. have gotten much better. Like as far yeah. as you know, yeah. I'm sure you could have used somebody else, like De Niro mm -hmm. or whatever. You know, he would have been pissed too. Yeah, <laughs> right? yeah he would have yeah, been yeah. pissed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean, like he yeah, looked angry too, you know? he is. He's a really good actor, but it's also, I think, a little bit of his personality in there too. Yeah, absolutely. Like well, he did yeah, just... no, I think that's on purpose. Yeah, like yeah. Like, let's get this guy yeah. that you know nobody's surprised that he's annoyed and, and yep. you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in fact, he does that side so well. That I think at the end when he says uh, I I you know and I love you like that almost didn't feel genuine yeah <laughs> like, yeah that felt a little forced like on mm -hmm. his end you know and uh, I just so it's one of those things it's like yeah I, don't know, I still think you're leaning towards the other way but mm -hmm. um, and they got yeah. him to just even like when Will Ferrell said oh good night I love you and, and he goes okay yeah you know I mean. Like and then his reaction when he first sees him, he goes, oh, like like he starts laughing a little bit, yep. thinking it's the Christmas gram. Mm -hmm. you know? Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just so funny. Yeah. But, but then, but again, everybody, everybody gets on Buddy's side. Like it's hard not to. I think one of the the better scenes when when Buddy has to go to work with James Con, and obviously we don't go into the detail on that. It obviously does not go over well. Um, when Buddy has to go hang out with with his father all day long, and he ends up in the mail room, and yeah. and he's they're all just getting hammered because uh, he has bins. yeah his shiny bins, and he's like, oh syrup, I love syrup, and it's a it's Jack Daniels, and it's just the two guys. They're like, I feel like you're my friend, man, and they're just like having that moment, and it, I just I've had so many moments. I become best friend mode when I've had a couple, mm -hmm. and so that's me with a stranger. Just sitting out going, man, nobody here understands me. I understand you, man. I just met you. Like, you're the best. I don't see what they're missing. And I just, I think yeah. they nailed that moment pretty well. Because how do you not, how do you not not like Buddy? Like, I'm sure if it was, yeah. look, if I had to work with somebody that was actually like that, I probably would steer clear of them. You know, <laughs> it probably would be a bit much like, oh, fuck, here he comes again. I you know, I need, yeah. I need some realism where I work, but. The fact of the matter is, in the world of the movie, it's you can understand what's going on. How do you get even Mary Steenburgen is like, well, he needs some help, and we're gonna yeah. help him. You know, this child that my husband didn't know about and had it with another yeah. woman. Which again, can I, I know Jake? I'm just make make a quick point. I like how they handled it in that it wasn't that somebody James Con screwed over. Yeah. Even it was he didn't have an affair. It was somebody from earlier in his life, but the fact that they show pictures of them together and he's kind of a hippie or like he seems to have not built up the edge yet, that cold edge. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he had a, he, he did have a child with someone that he loved from the past. Like they were in love and she passed away. And when he looks up the picture, it's not like, Oh, that bitch. I can't believe that she yeah, didn't tell bad. me like there was yeah. some caring there. And I appreciated yeah. that. Because then when Mary Steenburgen says, oh, there's this child, there's no inner backstory inside of James Conn that says, you know, that he feels guilty about something. There's nothing to feel guilty about. It's a weird situation. Yeah. And it's coming across. And I think Mary Steenburgen recognizes the fact that she knows about this previous relationship, understands that he cared for her. She passed away. 
he's in love with her now. They marry, they have a child, they have a they have a good relationship, even though James Conn's kind of a prick. Like there's no reason to say they don't have a good marriage. Mm-hmm. So it works out in the long run that everybody can accept Buddy for who he is, except for James Conn. Sorry, Jake, go ahead. No, I was gonna say on on how Buddy is, um I I I work two jobs. One of my jobs is at a uh, store, a convenience store on the weekends. And I do have um, uh, there, occasionally this one guy will come in and he is so over the top like like emotionally like about stuff. Like like everything is like, oh wow, like this is so amazing. Like like um, like super happy. Like, like but like also just like really in touch with deep stuff like like in the sense of like like you know he was like you know like you know how like like animals get hit by cars and stuff like that he's like and he's like i I feel so bad i've ridden by like you know like five six seven eight different animals like like and he he was so like bothered by that that he had to like bring it into it like you know he's like and what i'm saying is that like the more he kept talking about things that like are over the top and stuff like that Mm -hmm. very nice very Mm -hmm. caring but it's also like we don't know how to handle it because we're sort of used to handling like quick pleasantries mm-hmm. or jerks. Sure. <laughs> okay. So when somebody's over the top nice, we almost go Yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> like how yeah. do we handle this? Yeah. Like, I'm not used to this. Like because Yeah, we're not used right. to it. Right. So like I think if Buddy were in the picture, like in real mm-hmm. life, we'd all be like you know, like but, we, we not not. We don't lie too, because he's just genuine, yeah. and that's what you're saying. Like the guy that seems to come to the convenience store is a genuine person, and there's just too many freaking fake people in the world now. There's just it's just so many fake people. And my mom taught me a long time ago, like if somebody asks you how you're doing, they really don't care. No. And it's so true. Mm-hmm. It's so true, and it takes me like I, I could meet you, and like within five seconds, I would tell you my entire life story and be like, be like friends with you, you know, like and like my mom's like. Melanie, people just don't care. Like, don't tell them how you really are if you're not having a good day because they don't care. And I and it it took me so many years to 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 realize that. Mm-hmm. And it, it's totally true. Like, people just want to hear you say real quickly, "Yeah, good. How are you doing?" Mm-hmm. Well, you know what be, I mean? Yeah, like, because it's it. it's just a it's just it's another way to say hello. Yeah, it's just yeah. a way to break the ice and to start communication. <laughs> and nor nor should you nor should you like with someone you just met like talk about those those things i don't know that and that's the thing with buddy and and i would say the person with your in your convenience store thing is like we don't know each other i don't i not that i don't want to know you but we just met i don't need to know all of this it's and we're off put by it like i i was in baltimore uh over the spring and uh, there was you know wherever we go somewhere and there's a sign you know it says you know visit baltimore and we're in baltimore so my wife and i was someone that looks trusting We'll say, can you take a picture with us by the Baltimore sign? I'd say, yeah, sure. And then proceed us to tell us her life story for the next 20 minutes. And not oh, that yeah. you're, she wasn't nice, but it's, we're, you're like, you're, you're always looking for, okay, well, we're gonna, we got tickets in 45 minutes, but you don't need to know that. We got tickets, we gotta go. And because it's not, like, I don't know, not that I don't care, but I don't know you. So maybe some boundaries. I don't know. Boundaries are okay. It doesn't mean you don't care. It just is a boundary. It's I don't you know. It's well, maybe when, when we get to know each other more, maybe I can hear about why she's telling me shit. I'm like, what the fuck? Like, and it makes you feel bad because you know, part of you is like, why the fuck are you saying all of this? But right. 
the, Whatever. Real quick, and I promise we, we'll move on. Um, we used to have this employee that never understood the nobody cares. Um, and yeah. Mm. So people would go, hey, how you doing? She would tired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, no. You don't answer that. You don't answer yeah. that other than, yeah. yeah, doing doing all right. The most I'll ever lean yeah. in that direction is hanging in. Yeah. You know, like, like hanging in. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, I don't, I don't overly go, good. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's not true. But even, like, people that you've worked with for, like, a billion years or something, too, like, it could be somebody that you've known forever, and they just, they, they really don't. You know, sometimes they are, but you know, I'd feel like you just have to say something really quickly and move on. Yeah, yeah. you do because it's kind of a hello. And then if it's something, that, someone that you care about or something that you have a relationship with, even at work, and you say, hey, man, you got a minute? I'd like to X, Y, Z. And then you're setting that up because now you're ready to listen. But buddy comes yeah. with a score, you know, like, like, so buddy, you know, like he, he there's a score underneath. So, like, oh, sure. Going, yeah. Hey, you hear, ah, 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 like, you know, yeah. like in the music, like matches and you feel even better. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Nobody has a soundtrack following them around. <laughs> no, well, I do. <laughs> I just hum. I did, like, you know, they, like I'd, I'd be a lot more interested in some. The, the tough part is, is usually Mozart's Requiem and it turns people right off. Yeah. Um, yeah. D, I just walk around going, D, S, C, D, S, O, V, C, 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 All right. So, um, so sorry so can i just you know obviously there's a lot to like about buddy we also understand why james Conn doesn't like buddy we also understand why peter dinklage doesn't like buddy uh because buddy doesn't have any boundaries and but that's good and that's bad right buddy doesn't understand boundaries elf. yeah he's an angry elf it's not good when you're an adult because people can handle it better when you're yep. little and they say oh they just don't know anybody better now he doesn't know any better but because he's an adult people don't yeah think that. and that's what makes it interesting right and that's yeah. why, and again, in the world of the movie, the fact that they can sell it and you actually do like Buddy who has no boundaries, and he never, by, really, by the way, never really learns boundaries by the end of the movie. It's really not the Even point of the movie. It's for him. Yeah, yeah, he never really understands to learn boundaries, and it doesn't matter. Crushed Papa Elslap. Yeah, he did. So, but I do want to talk about, I think the only thing, I like this movie. That's not a matter of whether or not it holds up. I do like the movie. Um uh, I think it's entertaining. I, I think it's it's a good watch. It's a good thing to put on the background. Again, that's not whether it holds up. I do think it has a third act problem. Uh, and this is kind of, here's what I mean. But so usually when movies have, you know, you've got the, the intro to the situation, then you have the problem. So the intro is Buddy's an elf. The middle is Buddy's an elf. He finds his father. His father doesn't like him that much. And then the third act is how are we going to wrap this movie up? And to me, and again, I never thought it, and again, I am now nitpicking the crap out of this, just, but I thought that the end of the movie is they have to save Christmas. And the whole movie. No, that's not just the whole thing, though. But I know, but that's my point is that it seems like in order to end the film, we need to have a moment where Santa gets magic back so that people understand the magic of Christmas by believing in Santa, by everyone singing the same Christmas carol. So that the sleigh can have enough magic to pull out and not get intercepted by the New York New York City Police Department, so that Santa can actually go and finish the job. And to me, that's a somebody needs to save Christmas storyline, which is not present through most of the movie. Okay, let me say this before I forget. Yeah. It's it's not about that. It's about two things. One, it took that for Buddy to feel like he actually did have a place that he belonged okay. because he said he can't do anything right. He said he can't do anything right, and he doesn't belong anywhere, pretty okay. much. And it also took that for James Conn to actually believe who he says he really is. Sure. 
So it had nothing really, I don't think, to do with the fact that they had to save Christmas. Okay. It was all about the fact that it took that for James Conn to actually believe him and know that he's actually not crazy mm -hmm. and for Buddy to know that he actually is worthy and he had to fit in somewhere and he does fit in fantastic. somewhere. So I think those Fan things... Fantastic counterpoint. And Excellent. And I, I mildly disagree, but it's a very good counterpoint. I love it. All right, go ahead, Jay. And the moment James Conn finally lets loose and sings Santa Claus is coming to town, the, the thing rises right above his head and nearly, you know what I mean? Like almost, yeah. almost yeah. Him. but I'm saying like that, like almost puts it over the top. Like, like, okay, fine. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Now I believe. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll and let, he still didn't even really, I don't think he even still believed when he saw Santa's sleigh. Yeah. He still, did, he still did. And it took that, like you said, Jay, for the reindeer to fly over his head. Um, but it was funny because the kid was like, you're not singing. You're just lit. You're just, you're just moving your mouth. Yeah. And he's like, yes, I am. What's the difference? Like, you know what yeah. I mean? Like he still didn't believe anything. It took that to see that. How great so. is it when he puts on the jacket and he goes, ho, 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 ho. And the Central Park Rangers just keep riding past him. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, all right. I, that, that's cool. I just, it's just, uh, to me, I see where you're coming from. But as I was, again, I'm totally nitpicking the movie. I was just trying to find yeah. something that, to me. It didn't, like they didn't set up any of that magical thinking since the beginning well um they mentioned it are they, well, i know i know i know guys i was about to say i know they mention it very briefly because buddy works yeah. on the sleigh i know that uh -huh. but it's not like it's a central point to the whole thing right. that's all it's, it's well, not no, like it's in not. The, it's not like in the santa claus where they have to gussy up the the, the sleigh so it'll do what it needs yeah. to do so but that's I mean, all I'm, but they did talk about it not being able to have enough energy you know what I sure. mean? That like you know, people don't really believe in Santa, and he's like, "That's impossible. That people can't do that. You know, Karen's can't do that overnight." In one and, night. Like, less and less people believe every year. Yeah. You know? uh, yeah, it, that it, makes it, more sense. It makes it's just crazy. There's a rumor uh, that that the parents do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love his yeah. dry delivery. What do, what do the parents just eat the cookies too? Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny though. That that's so well. Okay. You know what? I want to say this before we do before we do everything else. Um, I want to yep. say. If you gave me a choice of like any type of no, not a horror necessarily, but like any type of, I want to make a blockbuster. Give me John. Sorry, Favreau. Sure. My God, is he good? That's how you say it. I will have John. To, I think I <laughs> Favreau. Yeah. Oh my God, he is so good. Iron Man. Mm -hmm. uh, Iron I Man Two, yeah. I think. Uh, Iron you know, like, Man Two is kind of flawed. But, it's but, flawed, right, but 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 still, it's still. Oh, can't forget, can't really... forget Zathura. D didn't he do? Um, Which is the Iron Man that has the guy with the, um, like that's whipping those electrical. Yeah, it's Iron Man Two. I like that. No, it's not that great, but it's okay. Yeah, it's entertaining. He is a really really good uh, movie maker. So um, he is. He's got a he's got a good sensibility about him. I Sorry, like folks. So, uh, all right, you ready for a TMI? Let's do it. It's time for a TMI, TMI with Melanie. Listen, listen to this. I am in the bathroom right before the movie starts. Uh huh. And I'm in the stall, and there's no toilet paper. Mine are at home TMI. in a display case above TMI, my bed. My TMI, TMI, my friends. TMI, too much information. Don't go there, but that's lame. Now, here's Melanie with your timeless movie info. All right, Melanie, make it magical. Let's go. Okay. 33 million was the budget. 225.1 million was the gross, which is huge. 
And um, no sequel. All... By the way, no sequel. Thankfully. I'll, yeah. Anyway, go ahead. I'll okay. So the design for Santa's workshop, as well as the elf uniforms, come from Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, 1964. The elf uniforms completely mirror the ones on the TV special. Most of the animals from the North Pole are also designed to look the same from the stop-motion animation used in Rudolph. In an early draft of the script, the other elves made fun of Buddy for being different and unable to work as fast as they could. John Favreau, 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 uh, felt it better to keep the characters good-spirited and optimistic, even though he's different from them. It explained why Buddy was doing all of these good things in New York, as if he grew up in a world where everybody was so sweet, even when he's obviously screwing everything up and doesn't fit in mm -hmm. at all. Will Ferrell turned down $29 million to be in the sequel in 2014 um, for numerous reasons. Good. Um, due, to, due to his policy of appearing in a family-friendly film, Chevy Chase was briefly considered for the role of Papa Elf by, John, uh, well, by director John Favreau. However, Will Ferrell uh, vetoed this idea because he disliked working with Chase when he returned to guest Post Saturday Night Live 1975 in the mid-1990s, Farrell said Chase was the worst host mm -hmm. that he's ever worked with during his tenure on the show. I remember we had talked about that before. Yep. Uh, Dan Aykroyd had a problem to a lot of people. Uh, Bill Murphy, a lot of people had a problem. He was awesome, but then when he, he left to make some movies and then he came back, everyone hated him. Yeah, he's not. He so, breaks people. He yeah, broke John so, Carpenter. Uh, so. I'm going to say this real quick. Uh, just a side note. We watched. I watched a reunion of um christmas vacation you told i remember you saying that and i remember um beverly d'angelo they're all on a panel and beverly um, yeah. chevy starts to talk or something but then beverly d'angelo gets like a, a like an idea or like a thought so she blurts it out and he goes yeah just step right all over my words man. you know i'd grown up I'm surprised that you say that because uh, you were already a good actor then and yeah, oh, well, he was you fully formed it was kid. like it was like his talent was i'll, fully fin I'll finish formed. what i was saying later well thank you <laughs> this yeah. is his co like her his co-star for right. like four films yeah. and just treats her like shit in front of everybody yep he's yeah. the worst yeah. Sounds like an, and yeah. it didn't suck because it's that. like you just wouldn't picture him like that, that you know what i mean yeah, it's, it's hard to picture somebody like that when they're so not like that in all the movies that they do. You just so weird. So apparently he's got a big head. Um, several minor traffic accidents occurred when Will Ferrell walked through the London, uh, sorry, Lincoln Tunnel and his costume because people were so surprised and distracted from their driving to see him wearing an elf outfit. Um, director John Favreau used a remote control trigger uh, to trigger the Jack in the Box toys to get the reactions to get his startled reactions from Will Ferrell. He also played the doctor that mm -hmm. did the paternity yep. test. Um, Will Ferrell suffered from headaches throughout filming as he had to actually eat all of the sugary food in the elf food pyramid on camera. The scene where Buddy eats different candies and pastries with spaghetti noodles had to be shot twice mm -hmm. because Will Ferrell vomited the first time. Oh, wow. Um, the cotton balls Buddy eats while in the doctor's office were actually cotton candy that had not been dyed yet. So he was eating candy the whole time. God. Um, Will Ferrell's brother, Patrick, plays the security guard on the right when Buddy is thrown out of the Empire State Building. Um, I don't know. I wrote this first, and I forgot to look at that. He's the um, one that's like, yeah, go back to Gimbal's. Yeah. Yeah, I remember him saying that. I'll have to look at him again. The apartment which Buddy's dad lives is the same apartment building of the exterior shot, which Dana 
lives in in Ghostbusters 1984. Cool. Um, many of the sets were built twice, once, once uh, much larger that the actors were playing elves and slightly smaller for the normal size actors. Um, the voice of, I thought this was kind of neat. The voice of Jack in the Box laughed is that of Dale McKinnon. The audio clip is taken from Lady and the Tramp 1955 in which McKinnon performed the voice of a laughing hyena. It is the same sound used by the Laughing Hyenas at the Magic Kingdom at Disney World in Orlando, Florida, and was also used um, for the Ripper Roo and the Crash Bandicoot Crash video. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Cool. So that's just so funny. I mean, that guy made this little laugh from like a billion years ago, and people are just still using mm-hmm. it. Wow. Um, that's like the Helmholtz scream. <laughs> what is it? The Hyena oh, Helmholtz scream. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Filming was done in New York for three weeks. Some of the indoor sets like the orphanage, Walter's apartment, Greenway Press, Gimbel's toy department, and the jail cell were built in an abandoned mental hospital in Vancouver, the same hospital where New Line shot Freddy vs. Jason in 2003. Um, Some crew members later described it as one of the creepiest buildings they'd ever worked in. Um, Near the end, when Santa is showing Michael his nice list, all the people on Santa's list were actually the crew in the movie. Um, all the people that they named. Um, and I just want to mention the funny uh, news footage where he, he's walking through the Central Park and he stops real quick and it's supposed to resemble Bigfoot. Oh, yes. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. That's funny. Pose and everything. It's so funny. And then, of course, the bridge when he looks all sad and whatever is supposed to resemble the. Um, it's a wonderful. Yep. It's time now for final judgment. Are you ready to rubber stamp this bitch? Here's the final judgment. All right. It's time for final judgment where it is nothing but fact or opinion. You decide. No, it's fact. It's fact. It's fact. <laughs> All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, we're going to find out how much this movie holds up today. It has reached its 20th anniversary, and I just got a text saying that it is being released uh, in theaters again. So, uh, Chris mentioned he's going to see it or, or no, I'm going to see white Christmas, but Alamo is releasing it. <laughs> oh boy. And yeah. the, if you've ever been to this particular theater, people should go. Cause they had, there's a lot of theme stuff they'll do. Nice. So you can dress up and they have parties. And then I think I'm going to see the white Christmas brunch. So like serving brunch, it's going to be neat. So oh, wow. yeah, it's something they serve you food and beer. Um, so hey, this is a movie called. I'll go. Can I go? Can I go? Please, please. Can I go? Please. All right. <laughs> totally, totally holds up. It totally holds up. Um, it's very entertaining. Um, I maintain that, and I was trying to have this discussion. It's not a very good thesis, but um, I think that movies pre the Santa Claus were very kind of boring, and um, I think holiday movies kind of flop like Santa Claus the movie and uh, things like that. Just people didn't know what to do with it. Uh, and Santa Claus, the Santa Claus broke that mold. It let it subvert some of the things that we hold dear, which made it entertaining. And then I think mm-hmm. in between the Santa Claus and Elf, I think it probably holiday movies didn't didn't know what to do with themselves. And then Elf comes around again and, and and reestablishes the holiday movie as something that can be fun and not so sticky sweet and super pleasant, you know. Um, and then it goes right back to Polar Express, which is terrifying at times, and Christmas Carol with Jim Carrey, which is terrifying at times, and Fred Claus, which I still never finished because it just seems like a bummer and a half. Um, and then, so so 
having said that, and I I'm, I'm I pimp this mover over I can. Violent Night is the new breed of <laughs> holiday movie. It absolutely subverts the genre. It's entertaining to watch, and it has a heart, even though it's super violent. Um, and I I'm buying the Blu-ray so I can get the editor commentary. My wife and I decided that after we're done putting up the tree, we're going to watch Violent Night again because it's actually a really good holiday movie, just like oh, Elf is a really good holiday movie. It, it it speaks to something in it, even though it's it subverts what holiday movies were. You know what I mean? Um, so, yeah, it holds up. Um, and uh, everybody should, if you haven't seen Elf, you should see it. So, uh, Melanie, go ahead. Uh, I mean, there's not much to say. I mean, obviously it holds mm-hmm. up. I mean, people are still watching it every year. Um, it's held up like Home Alone and other Christmas movies that that you watch every year, National Lampoon's Vacation. I mean, everybody watches certain movies every year, and this is one of them, and it's always completely played. Um, the actors are amazing in it. It's super cute. I don't see how somebody wouldn't like it, mm-hmm. so... I bought Christmas Vacation uh, streaming, like a digital copy, because I, I the movie is not the same without the cursing. Hmm. It's still funny. Yeah, I have it on DVD. Oh, man. You have the cursing. I can't even imagine it without the oh, cursing. Oh, yeah. They, it's that's still good, you but boy, you need the cursing in there. Yeah. When he, you have to. When he loses his funny. mind, hallelujah, yeah. holy shit. I mean, you, you yeah. have to see that. Really? Anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead, Jake. Um, yeah. That's in actually the same box that Elf is in that I have. Okay. That makes sense. Um, so we have, yes, it, it holds up, uh, you know, for the reasons you both were saying, I mean, it, people are still watching it today. It, um, never leaves mm-hmm. and you know that you can't say that about every Christmas movie. You know what I mean? Like deck the halls doesn't play every like five minutes, you know what I mean? Like jingle so- all the goddamn way. Hey, don't what was that? He got like, he was I like, think it was you, Santa. You know what? Arnold. Santa. Arnold. Arnold. Yeah, he Arnold's watching. He said, don't you insult my movie. Get out of the uh, He's a double uh, man. So, no, but... Uh-oh. And now I have to add Chris back to the mix. There he is. There he is. Uh, uh, I don't know what that was. Um, I think we lost you there. So, we had a couple, yeah. couple of copies of you. Um, Sorry. But um, I, I do like the little subtle things. Um, that is easy to miss because if you're not paying attention, you're focused on, let's say, you know, Buddy showing up at the office. I like the conversation that the girl is having on the phone. Uh, she's like, "Oh, I, I've I've never um, I've never declawed kittens before. How many?" Mm-hmm. I've been listening to that. Eight. Oh wow, that's a lot. I'll just bring them by the cabin. I'll see what I can do. No, I won't mm-hmm. charge you, um, folks. So weird, folks at home. That is a major surgery on a cat. <laughs> yeah. You can't declaw kittens <laughs> at That's home nice. as yeah. a possible hobby or, or like as a favor to somebody. Um, first of all, no. you shouldn't declaw kittens. Then second, um, it's a very, very, very painful, uh, tough surgery that they go through. So uh, it's not something that somebody does at a cabin. <laughs> <laughs> mm, yeah. favor to somebody uh you know yeah you know i'm a secretary but i'm also a, a little uh, vet on the side you know I, I i do that for gig for giggles you know what claws and giggles i just said for giggles yeah. um yep Anyways, I just think that's hysterical that she's like sitting there having this like little tiny conversation that you're focused maybe on buddy the elf and 
she's talking about declawing kittens as a favor. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. so it's some yeah. great writing there. Um, so yeah, no, it's a lot of fun. I I do love this movie. Um, like I said, when I first saw it, I just didn't quite know. What, I was like, I don't know. And then second, I was like, oh yes, this is great. So and by the way, I watched the uh, you know, I always have the the um, subtitles, and I saw it yesterday. I was like, I always thought it said something else. Um, you know, when ah. they go, hey, buddy, you want to pick some snowberries? And he, and he says, not now, Arctic. It says puppet. But I always thought he said puffin because there's an actual puffin that asks him yeah. a question. So I always, I always thought he said puffin. Oh, hmm. he doesn't? That's weird. I don't know. Maybe he's saying that and they missed, they mistake it. They okay. made a mistake on the, uh, the subtitles. Maybe that. Um, right. I'm sticking with puffin. I want to say a couple things. Uh, what? All right, I just want to say that obviously it also holds up because they also had a Broadway uh, play this, for Elle. Yeah. Um, and my and also my daughter, um, she was in drama and she was a stage manager at her high school for Elf. Um, and then I thought it was I just thought the part was funny when he's eating all the gum. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and, and he's like eating it as quick as yeah. he can. And somebody like, like I think it was um, um, my my daughter she goes, well, he broke one of those rules. I go, no, not technically because it wasn't on the street. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. He said it was that on was a railing. So it was on a railing. So he he took it very literally. And I think they, it's if it's on. The street, I know, I and I think they it. actually said that like not everyone knew that he was going to do that or something. Mm-hmm. Um, that was watching, and then I also wanted to mention the guy in the uh, mail room saying that he was twenty six. Yeah, oh, that was <laughs> yeah, that was funny. Yeah, yeah, twenty six. So man. obviously he's not, and that's why they did get like twenty yeah. six. <laughs> <laughs> That was great. So, all right. All right. That's it. Well, uh, that's our show, everybody. On the behalf of Chris Martineau, oh, let me uh, thank uh, uh, Steve Lavoy and Draco and the Malfoys for all their efforts. Movies may not age like fine wine, but we drink them anyway. Thanks. Bye. Well,